So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. In today's episode, I want to talk about something that has come up probably about four times in conversation this week alone, which is how is it possible that you have a multi-million dollar property portfolio, but you can't retire, that you are years away from any kind of meaningful financial freedom and you don't know what to do. This is a really common scenario. It sounds like it's the exception, but more and more property investors are recognizing that although they have created a fabulous net worth on paper, that the portfolio they have just is not delivering them what they need. This kind of comes up in conversations all over the place. And it's probably uh, the expression I tend to use a lot is don't major in the minors. So I know that a lot of people agonize about, you know, when they sell getting top dollar for their house or when they buy, you know, getting a, a great deal. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, a lot of those minor variations when you you enter and exit aren't the thing that's going to move the needle. And as people who uh, accumulate wealth through property recognize that having a high net worth on paper, which puts you in a position where you still have to continue to work, is only really um, part of the battle around building life-altering wealth. I say this all the time. It's not that net worth is an irrelevant metric, but by itself, it doesn't necessarily give us clarity and cut through around understanding how far we are from achieving the sort of financial freedom that we want in order to pursue other things or retire, uh, for lack of a better word. I do recognize, and I've said this before, that you know retirement is a dirty word for a lot of entrepreneurs, but really what I'm talking about is just that freedom to choose uh, how you spend your time. So the problem that we have in this country, for example, is that you know, we've seen absolutely hysterical runaway capital growth and insane growth over a 20 year period, for example, and that rental increases just have not kept up. There was a point in time where, um, I remember when I first bought my very first house where it wasn't like I was particularly calculated or switched on about property. And in fact, far from it, but I did the math and went, well, if I rent this same house, it will cost me this amount of money. And if I buy it, it will cost me this amount of money. And it was pretty much on par. And in fact, ownership was actually going to cost me less in terms of ongoing repayments and things like that. So that certainly hasn't been the case for some time now. So the issue that a lot of um, young people face right now is this, you know, very daunting idea that even saving their deposit for the very first property is, is super tricky. Um, so they remain renters. And the upshot of it is that there just hasn't been the sort of wages growth that would allow rents to rise in kind of 
in in tandem with the house prices that have you know occurred in in recent times. So bottom line, net income is absolutely terrible. And in fact, uh, many, many people still subscribe to the idea that they're happy to tolerate negative cash flow in order to accumulate a property portfolio, which they hope will rise in value over the time and give them a high net worth. So this episode is for you. If you feel you've done everything right by the property playbook, you have a multi-million dollar property portfolio, but you still feel um, a really huge uh, gap between where you thought you'd be, where you want to be, and where you actually are. And I guess this episode is really dedicated to helping you fully grasp um, what I think your three main options are. I definitely, as I said, I'm talking to people all the time who are in this position. They're experiencing intense frustration. They've squirreled and, you know, they've ex- experienced delayed gratification and they've done all the right things and they cannot fathom why they are trapped working because they simply just can't, you know, maneuver the portfolio of properties that they have to generate the sort of income that they need, um, let alone want. The clients that I work with actually start in that exact position. The best way for me to illustrate this is probably by giving you a real example. So this particular client of mine was running a super successful business, had a profit um, of about a million dollars a year, not a huge property portfolio, but few very large blue chip properties. And they had done as much as they could to improve those properties and optimize them so that they were renting for as much money as possible. But the pain uh, that this guy and his wife were in was, you know, the work, the business that they ran was incredibly time intensive. They were in a situation where they um, wanted to really give their family a, a different kind of lifestyle from a, I guess, a vocation or a career perspective. They wanted to almost do a, a 180 degree kind of pivot, but with the sort of the pressures of, you know, having a family and all the costs associated with that, they just felt they, they just physically couldn't do it. The, the thing is they, they really, it wasn't their fault at all. They had done all the right things. And it's just really common that the typical property investor journey is exactly like that, where you end up in a situation where, you know, you, you, you document your balance sheet and you go, wow, that, that looks really sexy and it looks really good, but you simply can't just hang up your gloves and, and just say, I'm done just because there's just virtually no income coming from elsewhere. So the problem again, just to kind of backtrack on other episodes is that people are taught to focus on capital growth and not income. So what I want to do is just open you up to some out-of-the-box thinking and really kind of maybe just bring you some comfort to understand that there are, in fact, other ways of, I guess, skinning the cat, if you like. I like that expression. You don't have to be trapped in the traditional retirement model, which says that you can't get off the train until you're 65 um, and for some people, even older, 70, you know, it is possible to kind of tweak what you're doing with minimal um, impact, very low risk, and get yourself to a position of being financially free very, very quickly. So the truth of the matter is you don't actually need a huge property portfolio 
to achieve financial freedom. It's definitely an advantage. But if you're someone who either wants to build a pipeline of passive income or you just like the idea of it, maybe you don't even need it, you just like the idea of having like a a bit of an insurance policy. As far as I can see, there are three options that you have. So number one, and this is probably the strategy that I hear from about 50% of people when I talk to them about, you know, their wealth situation, they've mentally made the calculation for how many years they believe they will be alive in retirement phase and not running a business. And they've multiplied that by or the amount of money that they think they need per annum and added a little bit of a cushion in some cases, and then just multiplied that out. And that is the amount of working investment capital that they believe they need. And their plan is just to sell that down over, you know, whatever, 20, 15, 25, whatever, whatever that number of years is. The challenge with that model, obviously, though, is that we don't actually know how long we're going to live. The evolution of healthcare becoming stronger and, and more tricky over time. You know, they're starting to grow organs and all sorts of things. The, the truth of the matter is, you know, people are living into retirement for significantly longer than they originally planned. And so the plan of kind of building a nest egg that you then live off and kind of eat the cow and and erode is actually starting to become a a flawed plan. I think the other thing that, that I find wrong with that planning scenario is that, you know, it doesn't really account for unexpected bumps along the way. And certainly if you're someone who has an interest in, you know, supporting members of your family or community or there's things you want to do to have an impact in your years after business ownership. Maybe it's another business, um, but the thing that, that, you know, budgeting, if you like, your nest egg for perceived years in retirement, it just doesn't really give you a whole lot of room for error. That's your first option is you sell down to fund your lifestyle and everything else that you want to pursue. So that is definitely a strategy that is, I can understand where it comes from. I can understand the logic, but I, I see that strategy failing more often than not. So that's one option. The second option uh, is that you keep working in some capacity to bridge the gap. So this is also a very common scenario. And I'll, I'll give you a good example. I've got a, a couple of clients who right now are approaching, you know, within a space of 12 to 18 months, um, the time when they just want to, they, they want to exit their businesses. Both of them for various reasons, don't believe they have a, a saleable business. One guy in particular feels that a business sale is fraught with complexity that he doesn't want to focus on. And so before working with me, there was a an idea that, well, you know, we've got this really paltry income coming off our retirement funds or retirement capital that isn't quite enough for us to live the life we want. But you know, if I work part-time to some capacity, whether it's, you know, helping other businesses or, you know, continuing to do a little bit of consulting on the side or running a business part-time, then that should divert, you know, or bridge that gap between where we are and where we need to be. And again, if 
for those of you who really love the work you do, um, as these guys do, that is a perfectly viable strategy. But the truth of the matter is in quieter moments when I've asked these two guys, like, is that really what you want to do? Like, do you really want to be in the situation where you have no choice but to work, whether it's part-time or otherwise, knowing that year on year, you've constantly got to be bridging that gap? Or would you prefer it if, you know, that that baseline living expenditure was taken care of and the choice to work part-time or not work or travel was kind of optional? And, you know, these guys have uh, both admitted that, you know, obviously that would be their preferred, you know, way of of living. So that second strategy, which is keep working in some capacity to bridge the gap, I guess the sense I have from having spoken to lots of people about this and, and now, you know, I'm giving you an example of a couple of people who are there right now, it's definitely better than the alternative, which is um, being forced to stay in your business regardless of whether you like it or not. But it's not ideal. You know, it, it's not people's preferred outcome for, you know, retirement for, and I keep saying for lack of a better word, but when they exit their businesses, it's almost like that freedom to choose how you spend your time should be like without strings attached. And I think the the hybrid model, which is really what that is, is work a little bit, earn a little bit, have some investments that give us some income, but just kind of manage the the gap is is not really ideal. So yeah, that's that's all I really want to say about that one. And then the third and final option is really about understanding how could I take a very small piece of my hard-earned working investment capital and put it into investments which deliver strong, predictable passive income where I don't have to turn up to manage the deal, find the deal that I'm working with people I know, like, and trust that I feel is adequately protected through, you know, being backed by real property and that will effectively in one foul swoop, in one hit, immediately bridge that gap between where I am and where I want to be. And so I guess unless you're someone who is just completely a control-oriented investor, meaning you like to be very active and manage every asset that you own from the ground up. In other words, you're not as interested in in a passive income and a passive investing strategy, then there's no question that that third option is the most attractive. What I want to do today is at least have you understand that there are three options, three broad options that you can have if you have a multi-million dollar property portfolio and you feel you just, you're stuck. You don't have to be stuck. Uh, but I think what I'm trying to really encourage people to do through this podcast is embrace a different worldview. If you've done the hard yards and you have a good capital base behind you, a good business that develops great dividends and you just want to pivot, you just want not so much to take on massive risk, but you just want to tweak the property portfolio that you have so that you're effectively creating the income stream that you need to live the life that you want, you must consider the pathway of alternative investments. It's not about taking wild and crazy risks. It's about working out 
What's the minimum amount of money that I need to make work harder for me so that I can reach financial freedom now or within the next two to five years, not 30 years down the track? I definitely think it's a a different perspective for a lot of people, which is how about instead of eroding my capital base, I just make it work and create income in annuity for forever. And if we can impart that sort of wisdom to our children, that the goal isn't to save our way or grow our way to a net worth that is meaningful, but more use leverage and creating a property portfolio to fast track our pathway to financial freedom, I think we're going to really, you know, be really setting them up for a completely different financial future and maybe a different relationship with money than than maybe what we've had, where we've had to learn about it the hard way. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes reflect if I knew in my 20s what I know now, you know, how different life would have been. And, I, and not that I would trade it for the world. Obviously, um, you know, I'm really grateful for the journey that I've been on. I have great empathy for people who, for whom it's been a, a bumpy road. I talk to people every day who are in a lot of financial pain, but who from all standards of, you know, society would be perceived as rich, rich. What I'm learning about more and more is that financial freedom, that ability to stake a line in the sand and just say, this is what I need. This is what I want. And I'm prepared to do what it takes to change my relationship with money. You know, my hats are off to those people. So guys, look, I, I hope this has been useful. I guess my parting message is a multi-million dollar portfolio is such a gift. If you've been smart enough to, you know, do the right things with your money and you're in that situation, but you just want to understand more about how to make that pivot, please just reach out. I'm more than happy to chat to you about what I do, whether alternative investments are potentially a fit for you. I don't sell anything um, apart from myself. So, um, yeah, look, take care, guys, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to inkosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.